Yeah, you know what time it is. It's time for Bo and Nick, the losers with a dream. Uh-huh. <sighs> what a waste of time. Yep, the losers, you're listening, so who's the freaking loser, people? Welcome to Bo and Nick's Losers with a Dream. Yeah. I freaking hate them so much. The look at their funny because they suck at everything. You're listening. The question is... Why? Hello and welcome to the Losers with a Dream podcast. We are losers, and boy, do we have some big dreams. <laughs> I've given up. It's <laughs> for my acting reel. First and foremost, <laughs> go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Five. <clears throat> Nothing less. No. I mean, why even bother? Like, what's the Why dick do four? Move? Why do yeah. three? It's all these Yelp. Ladies, it's all these Yelp words. <laughs> but the water wasn't wet enough, so I think we only get three stars. Leave five, or don't leave anything. <clears throat> leave five and just write dope in the comments. That is true, because that's what we are. You could follow us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Follow me, your host, Nick Scopeletti, on Instagram at Nick Scopes. You could follow this lady to my right. She is comedy legend Lisa Lampanelli at Lisa Lampanelli heard on Instagram. Yeah. ever heard of heard her? Of her <laughs> Speaking of queens, this guy to my left, Bo McDowell Comedy. How's it spelled, Bo? B-E-A-U. Why? Because I'm French and I'm hot. Well, you know what I think is funny? I think you're neither. And I will say, I thought it was really funny that we got a review that said, Bo, you didn't say you're French and you're hot on episode whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. I'm like, someone's A, listening way too hard, and someone thinks you're actually hot. Well, that's true. I know. Speaking There's at least one person in the world who does. Speaking of French, I got a baguette in my pants for you. Ooh, I'm off carbs. Yeah, right. <laughs> And we're starting off today with a lie. Yeah, <laughs> a big lie. But no, we're going to start off the podcast with our usual segment we do, the mental mm. health check-in. Yes. Okay? Because mental health is important. No, we don't do scale of one to ten. No. We don't do that. No. We're comics. <laughs> she was a comedy legend. I she, still am, And she did a... Idiot. Oh, yeah, is. And <laughs> uh, she screen. had a play. <laughs> And she's written things and can spell things properly. And she's a brilliant woman. And uh, she went to Tana. Yeah, she went to three different Ivy League schools for six weeks apiece. Yes, so. I did. And if you took our quiz on Instagram, you'd know that. And yes. these guys each had a 1.2 GPA in high school. If you combined Actually, our GPAs, it would be maybe what Lisa's was in high no. school. That'd be 2.4. Well, I actually had a 1.4 <laughs> GPA. So. I had a 1.2. Oh. So we had a 2.6. Two, two, What'd you have better. in high school? 395. Oh, oh, I'm what a sorry. Nerd. I wasn't nerd. a nerd, but I was a loser. So that's good. Yeah. You know, yeah, I would yeah, just yeah. rat out all the potheads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. no wonder you never saw cocaine. I know. <laughs> Isn't it wild that I've never seen the cocaine? <laughs> cocaine. It is wild. That's, that that's stories for another day. So. Oh, it is. Thanks. Boss man, mental health check in, Lisa. We're gonna save Bo. Usually he he kicks off this segment. This is true. But today, just you'll see. Yeah, we're gonna have him headline. 
We so. had a, well, we had to talk him off a ledge a couple times today <laughs> and a lot of times this week. So, yeah, let's save the best for last. Called yes. an audible today. Like Vanessa Williams said, now I save the best for last. <laughs> okay, my mental health or Nick? Who should go first? You Lisa, call you're it. first. Like let's go in this Nick. order. Oh, okay. okay. No, I'm in control, Bo, and Lisa's going to we'll go first. We'll do it in order of income. Me, you, then Bo. Yeah! <laughs> okay. My mental health is like Neil Pert, Alex Lifeson, and of course, Getty Lee. Because no matter what happens, I'm always in a rush. (laughs) I, of course, have named all the members of the Power Trio, the Holy Trinity, Rush, the progressive rock band who I very much enjoyed. And I'm thinking, thinking to myself today, why the fuck... How am I retired and still rushing to get here on time? I don't like it. I do not waste time. I had to squeeze in two lousy episodes of a show. I've been up since 8 a.m. 8 a.m. And it's 5 p.m. That's when we tape. And I still was like, what the F and F? I've been cleaning up dog shit, which I don't like. No. I've been tipping 20 bucks to some guy to take out a rug. And that doesn't, <laughs> that sounded sexual. Yeah. <laughs> to take a rug hey, out of my pal, living room. you want to take my rug but, out yeah, for a I'll, spin? I'll pay you 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, why? I always cut out these little things from Instagram. Like I print them out on my computer that are about, oh, leisurely life and having no goals with a capital G. And isn't life so nice when you take it easy? So I have a whole book with this shit. Yeah. Paste it in. You know, I'm running around like a fucking jerk. Yeah. Trying to help you people have a career and I resent it. So I am rushed today and probably will until you guys take off as your own entity, which you never will. So I'm going to kill myself. That's it. That's it. We're done. All right. How do you like that, Nick? Does that, that sound right? Fantastic, Lisa. <laughs> oh, now for me. So my mental health, it's been pretty good lately, but I will say this on Sunday. I did more manual labor oh, yeah. than I've done in years. Righty-tighty. Yeah, righty-tighty. <laughs> Lefty-loosey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyways, that morning, my friend, he goes, dude, when I need your help. We're going to build this uh, canopy for my back deck. And I was yeah. like, all right. So we all show up. We're building, putting shit together because I'm blue collar. That's why we're wearing these shirts today because I'm blue collar. <laughs> and I was just drilling things. But really, it was just Allen wrenches and you just kind of piece it together. And then we had our uh, podcast meeting yep. at Duchess. And then Lisa goes, come back to my house. You got to build these shelves <laughs> oh, by that the way, you see behind by you. The way, I do not apologize for that because... I'm fronting the money, the entire $58.24, <laughs> and you guys have to put it together. I think it's a perfect no, match. No, it is perfect, but oh, yeah. I was doing it, and you I... Are. So I feel, after this weekend, I feel like Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Ah, very good. And here's good. my husky sidekick, <laughs> who always wears wrinkled flannels and has a well, beard. Well, you and I thought you were... I was really afraid you were going to go down a very racist track there. I thought <laughs> no. you were going to say something like, I feel like a Mexican sitting outside of Home Depot, which I would have said in the old days but i'm not saying now trabajo because well, no no no, no. 
Thank you for not being racist. Yeah, of course. I appreciate that and not using any expression you don't understand to not be right anymore. Yeah. By the way, Columbus Day is a lie. It doesn't exist. It's Indigenous <laughs> it's People's, People's Day. Day. Happy Indigenous People's Day, everybody. And it wasn't even, Columbus was Italian, but he was an idiot. Right? He's such an and idiot. And Spain gave him the money to come here. So it's yeah, really so Spain's fault. I blame fault. them. Don't blame oh, the Italians. Oh, now we're back to racist stuff. Go ahead, Bo. <laughs> just history. It's not even racist truth. <laughs> I can now listen. our headliner. Oh, no. For mental health. Health, the inspiration for today's show. Oh, yes. So, Bo McDowell comedy. This week, I feel like Chris Watts. I don't know. He is, if you, if you do not know who Chris Watts is, he is the star of American Murder, The Family Next Door. <laughs> I love that documentary. It's a very oh important documentary about the dangers of being a nagging wife. Ah. Now, Chris Watts murdered his entire family uh very quickly very calmly he disposed of these people he's efficient yes and he did the right thing (laughs) because i am sick of anybody with the last name mcdowell (laughs) these people do not deserve to live much longer and i'm gonna be the one to take you out I can't deal with it anymore. Listen, I don't care if you're an uncle of mine, a cousin of mine, a second cousin, a niece, a nephew. You're all dead. I'm sick of it. You don't deserve to live. You're Irish donkeys. You're all morons and you're drunks and you're a waste of my fucking time. The only good thing the McDowell's have done in the last 25 years is birth me because I have talent. Now, let's be real. Let's be real, okay? The rest of them can just walk off a cliff like you should have done when we were on our way here from Ireland, you dumb, dumb cunts. Oh, Doyle rules! Wait, I must say I object to this because you said all McDowell's. Now, Roddy McDowell, the star of Planet of the Apes, was quite, quite an actor and quite a... a I finally came out of the closet as a gay man, so take that back. All right, Roddy, you can stick around. Okay, Bo, I feel there's some stress happening. And by the way, that documentary well, tipped it off. Hilarious. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> tipped it off. You have become truly unhinged, yes. and you know how much I hate that word, yeah. but you have become unhinged. I have. Has it helped to get that out a little bit? It did feel good. Did it? It did feel good. And you know that documentary was fantastic. It was. It was you know, because that guy, he was stretched to his limit. And he just had enough of these people. And he took matters into his own hands. That was a rough one because he did (laughs) kill his kids, which I do not think is a good thing. But, Bo, I'm not going to push back because I get the wife was. The wife makes sense. Well, here's what the wife. She's posting weird shit on Facebook. She was like a Facebook Gotta go. So sometimes you just got to go, huh. Maybe I'll just kill my wife. So if we had to narrow it down, if Chris could only kill the wife. Yeah. Who's the one person in your family who's got to go? Who's got to go? Yeah. My brother's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> He's done. He's done. We're coming for yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love you, but bye-bye. Yeah. You're going home. You're going home to that big man in the sky. <laughs> that big potato in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, they're all to blame. There, there's I nobody know. getting out of this, you know, well. So we will discuss it. <laughs> Amityville Horror over here. In our further topic of this week? I will, because we actually... I called an audible today. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's called in baseball. What happens is we had one topic in mind, which we will do in the future. We will. It was a very good topic. It was. Bo was well into it, and today we get a text about his family, and then he's like, guys, 
I just, I just, I can't get my head around this topic today. And I'm like, well, just change it because Nick's a professional. And it almost killed me Truth. to compliment Nick. Yeah. I don't like doing that. I didn't like that you did it. Ah! Uh, well, hey, I felt that he sometimes needs a little zhuzhing. That's true. You know? That's true. So I am very yeah. proud of you both for jumping onto a topic that Bo could really get into, which when we come back will be about what? Boundaries. Oh. Mm. The most important thing in any relationship and clearly you have none with your family but will hopefully get you some yes and believe me there's gonna be a part two and a part three because <laughs> this topic never ends i think honestly isn't there already a boundaries episode who knows there probably is but no. honestly since it Leaps is in boundaries oh, hi. <laughs> i honestly think this since boundaries are the cornerstone of any relationship and they literally make or break whoever we're dealing with it deserves a part two. So if this is boundaries part two, fuck it. Yeah. We'll do two, three, and four, as you said. Two, everything's three, four. Fine. Everything's going to go back to being beautiful. Five, six, nice. seven, eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, Five, six, we'll seven, put it eight. on the Patreon. You guys, you pay for the part three. That's yeah. how it works. That's in the future. It's like yeah. Star Wars. All right. So, Nick, do your thing. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about our topic, boundaries. Hey everybody, Lisa Lampanelli here from Losers with a Dream. As you know, me, Bo, and Nick are losers. We have really big dreams. And one of the people who help us reach our dreams is the good folks at Royal Fox Studio. They specialize in producing podcasts, as you can hear, and they can get your show sounding amazing like ours. I mean, seriously, I sound fucking great. Make sure to check them out at Royal Fox Studio on Instagram and on all social media where you'll be able to see a list of all the great shows they produce, including the best one ever, Losers with a Mother Effing Dream. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Losers with a Dream podcast. We are losers and we have big dreams, big dreams and sometimes big boundaries. <laughs> Oh, and God. that's what we're going to talk about today. Our topic today, we called an audible. As we said earlier, Bo texted us and he said, listen, <laughs> I make I'm the over it. Yeah. I'm the boss. <laughs> and he slapped me around and then I got turned on. I didn't know what to do. So I said, whatever you want, daddy. And here we are. And today our topic is boundaries. So Bo, you spoke a little bit about it yep. in our mental health check-in, but Give the people some info, maybe some background, obviously, as much as you'd like about how we came to this, why we're doing this as a topic today. Yeah. So I've had a, a tough uh, year um, <laughs> with my with my family. Right. And things have been crazy. And this is you know, this goes for, I think, a lot of families around the country that have been dealing with this. And, you know, um, obviously, I'm an alcoholic. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been sober a number of years. Um, but, uh, for my family, it doesn't really end there, right? Like, you know, my, uh, my brothers recently had some significant substance abuse problems and it's gotten really, really tough. And I, whenever you have somebody in the house that is suicidal or addicted to drugs or, you know, um, really just a, an all around addict, it's hard to manage your boundaries with them because you have to separate yourself a fair amount in order to keep yourself healthy, right? Because alcoholism, drug addiction, it's a family disease. Not only is the person involved extremely sick, but the people that are trying to save that person are also very sick, right? Um, codependence and, um, and, you know, 
really breaking down your boundaries for another person can can hurt and it's the same level of powerlessness that you would feel as, as if you were trying to you know get over drinking or getting getting over using a drug right so you know the experience that i've had lately is you know we're trying to help my brother we're trying to get him into uh, another rehab and um you know he's he's suicidal so with somebody like that it's very scary you have to you know you have to work hard at like trying to manage that and trying to get them the care that they need and uh for me it's been a process of really removing myself right because i know and you know with with every family it's different but in my family i take on the role of fixer i'm the one that gets the call every time there's a big thing that happens every time you know uh somebody goes on a bender somebody uh you know uh starts throwing things in the house somebody starts you know causing a ruckus uh i get the call and i am asked to be put right in the center of the situation and you know as as somebody who's been given that role in a family i know that my presence does not make anything better right uh me showing up and trying to fix everything actually would only make things worse i'm only you know because i'm only human Right. There's only so many things I can do. I can't cure my brother. I can't cure my father. I can't cure my mother. Right. But um, they seem to not enjoy having boundaries with me. So I have to create the boundaries and I have to let them know that, no, I can't do that. No, I will not show up. No, I will not do this. And And it hurts a lot. Right. Because I'm somebody who, you know, forever has has always let everybody just knock down the boundary. Right. I've always let people just kind of impose their will on me, you know, whatever they need. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. And, and I, we wrote down a list of examples of that and examples where we've like gotten better. Um, but, you know, most recently it's been obviously, you know, my brother and and kind of this this road that he's on to hopefully recovery. And, you know, last night, you know, my whole family was worried that he was going to take his own life and you know, found out that my father like slept in the bed with him Hmm. to try and keep him from doing that. And, uh, you know, this thing about suicide and all this is like, we can't make anyone kill themselves. We also can't stop anyone from killing themselves. If somebody wants to drink, if somebody wants to use drugs, if somebody wants to take their own life, unfortunately as human beings, there's just a limited number of things that we can do to stop those things. Right. And that's a really, really hard lesson to learn. It's also a really scary position to be in as a loved one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my experience in the last year with this, but really longer, has been that I have to let people have their process. I have to create the boundary and I have to allow them to have their experience. So, you know, the reason why I reached out to you guys today about, Hey, we we need to change it up was just because I felt so strongly that the boundaries that I'm setting with my family are so important and they are so hard to do. And they're so important to all relationships, not just ones that are in, you know, stress inducing situations and scary life and death stuff. It's really important to anybody that wants to have a healthy marriage or a healthy friendship. Um, you have to set boundaries with people. You have to allow people their space to have their process. Um, 
everybody knows people that we've dated or been with that have ha- had no boundaries, right? Zero. Like the the girls that text you every ninety seconds. Where are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like that is a lack of boundaries. <laughs> you haven't right? responded. Yeah, yeah. That's them being like, oh wait, wait, wait. Let me see what he's doing. What he's doing because they constantly need you. And if you go, if you respond to all of those messages, then guess what? You're not practicing good boundaries. You're not setting up the right. boundary to let them know that's not acceptable. Yeah. Right. And. So, you know, I've had a lot of experiences with this. Um, the first one that comes to mind, other than the obvious recent one, is my ex-girlfriend, who was a classic. Um, she had <laughs> she had uh, similar problems to my brother, actually. I mean, she had some mental health stuff going on, and um, she used to text me late at night, and she'd be like, you know, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Come over. I, I can't do this anymore. Come over. Please help me. I'm sad. And I would jump to the rescue. I mean, I'd, I'd literally get out of bed. I'd put on my cape and I'd drive. I'd, do you have a cape? <laughs> yeah, of course. Nice. I'm the saver. You didn't know that? Oh, I got it. Yeah, okay, so I'd put cool. on my cape and I'd screech across town in my dumb Jeep. And, <laughs> and then I'd get there and she'd be, you know, watching TV or whatever. Like, if you have to answer to a suicide call, at least be on a ledge. You know what I mean? Be like holding a, a knife. Yeah. Make Be, it have some have a bottle of pills next to you. Pretend you're doing it. Make it interesting. I Don't mean, it's like, one a.m. Watching the Good Wife. It's like Jesus. Yeah, you're gonna do it and not yeah. go for yeah. it, baby. Yeah. Let me Jeez. let me at least knock something out of your hand. Yeah, you know. But, no. Yeah. Just real like diehard shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I didn't understand boundaries at that point. I felt like. And it really comes down to ego when it, when it, especially in terms of like saving people, um, it comes down to like, I believe that I can save them. Like, I believe that I can save that girl or I can save my brother or I can save my father. And the reality is, is that I can't. Um, and that takes a lot of humility to, uh, to accept that, that like, you know what? My presence doesn't save this person in fact i'm actually just enabling them to continue to practice the behavior that is hurting them and um that's like a tough realization to have and i I just think it's really important to practice good boundaries so you allow people to get better absolutely you know i mean how many how many drug addicts would probably get better if they weren't constantly enabled by a spouse or uh, you know, a father or a mother, right? Yeah. You know, it's like we need to allow people to live. And sometimes we need to allow them to die too, which is like a really sad part of life and addiction and, you know, like Al-Anon and stuff like that yeah. are good programs that help with that. But it's uh, it's really difficult to watch happen. And there is a feeling of like, oh, I need to, I need to run and save. I need to run and save. Um so I know you've probably saved some people or at least felt like you were across, you were crossing your own personal boundary. Oh, absolutely. With my, with my family, it's more, and you know, just to reiterate on what you said before, I sleep with my dad in the bed once a year, just on his, <laughs> his birthday. It's a tradition, right dad? Um, no, but for me, my boundaries have had to be with my grandmother and my father. Yeah. And uh, I want to give a shout out real quick to my cousin, Nicole, who kind of figured this out. 
Yeah. She's, how old am I? She's 29. She's married, two kids now. But I remember, so we both grew up. We are only children. Right. We have single parents. As most of you know, my mother died when I was six. Her dad peaced out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it was us with these single parents. She calls me. She's at college. She goes, I figured it out. And I go, what? And she's like, I took a psychology class. And today they were talking about how only children with single parents, how the parents lean on their kids as if they are their significant other and spouse. Yes. They put these weird responsibilities on you or guilt trips in a way um, that are just strange. An example I'll give this happened this past Easter. Again, my cousin is 29 years old. She's married with children, has her own life. She was driving my aunt up to uh, Brewster, where we have our Scopoletti family gatherings. Right. She was bringing the sausage and peppers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and on the way up, my aunt, God bless her, she goes, you know, to my cousin, she goes, you know, you weren't the easiest kid growing up. Yeah. Like, she goes, don't you remember that one time when you said you were going to watch a movie with me and then you went out with your friends and, and saw a movie? Yeah. My cousin goes, I, yeah, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. I was 14 years old. That's not right. my job. Yeah. Just because you don't have someone in your life, I'm sorry. Right. But you are an adult. Yeah. Handle your stuff right. do not lean on me which i was thinking today is probably why have i in relationships not to get off topic why i've made things solely about the physical because no one has to get deeper on either end right you don't have to know my i don't have to deal with your emotions and i've had to deal with this with my dad a little bit my dad is you know we, we we've gotten good um but with my grandmother it was a big problem yeah. You know, she sat me down at 19 when I was a bouncer making $50 a night and was like, I'm going to take care of you. I've been saving since you were born for college. Right. And then when her life started to fall apart later in life, I would get drunk phone calls from her in the middle of the day and she would tell me <laughs> what a piece of shit I was and why I didn't pay for college. Yeah. And this is what I've been working on in therapy now is I'm still angry at her, even though she's been dead for four or five years. Yeah. I'm still mad and I don't like that I am. And I feel like, like you said, it's it's tough to set boundaries. Yeah. And I also you also feel a little bit, and Lisa can come on this comment on this later, but like I feel like I'm being your family makes you feel like you're being disrespectful in some ways. Right. Right. I had this thing with my grandmother was every year, every year for Thanksgiving, we used to drive up to my meet up at my cousin's house, which is a little bit past Albany in upstate New York. Yeah. For anyone that has a map, this is what she used to make me do. Come from Connecticut, pick her up in New Rochelle and then go three hours upstate over the Tappan Z Thanksgiving real nightmare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I used to say, Hey man, to make it easier, you drive an hour to Monroe and we avoid all that shit. Yeah. It's a two hour drive. It'd be easy. No, it turned into a guilt trip. Yep. Why won't you do this for me? She calls her sisters, their whole family. And I'm now 20 years old on home on college break. And they're all sitting me down (laughs) going, you know, I can't believe you wouldn't pick up your grandmother today. (laughs) Meanwhile, most of them are assholes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So it's like, you know what I mean? Right. So like yeah, I I, you're, I'm trying to set a boundary and go, well, this makes more sense though. Don't take this emotionally. And now I feel like, oh, I'm, am I being a bad grandson? Like this woman's helping me financially. Yeah. Am I being a jerk? That is really the tough part with boundaries is when you do set them, you feel like you're being mean and yeah. you're not, you're taking care of yourself, right? So advocating for your, advocating for yourself, letting people know what you need is not being mean. It is 
loving yourself and taking care of yourself, right? So, you know, as much as our loved ones and family members, all these people, they, you know, when, when we set that boundary, they feel like, oh, well, he's, oh, he's giving up on me. Or, oh, he's being a dick. Or, oh, this, that's not what's happening. We, you can still love somebody from a distance. Yeah. And we don't always have to be in the middle of somebody's shit to uh to be there and to love them right yeah. so we can have they can have their process and uh we can also take care of ourselves at the same time which is a hard thing to accept because we always feel guilt and you know growing up catholic and irish it's like guilt is like that is it's the it's the main ingredient yeah it in is in the shepherd's pie that is catholicism <laughs> it's really it's the currency that is exchanged among family members in that relation you know in that uh you know religion and i always felt like you know oh well if i don't if i don't do something then oh, i'm going to hell or um, I'm sinning or I'm, I'm going against the family or whatever. And the reality is, is like taking care of myself has little to nothing to do with anybody else, but me and myself. And the relationship between m me and me is very important. <laughs> it's very important that I honor myself by telling people exactly where I stand. Um, you know, I can think of when I first like got into recovery, uh, there were guys that I helped a lot and I kind of knocked down my own personal boundaries. I used to pick a guy up every day who lived in a homeless shelter and I, I love this guy. Uh, we, you know, I, I picked him up every day for like six months and, uh, I started to notice that he like started to treat me like kind of a chauffeur. And he was like kind of taking, like he, he start, was, you would go to pick him up and he would just sit in the back seat. <laughs> no, but he was like, he was really taking me for granted. And then like one day, uh, I was giving a ride to him and like a few other guys. And he was like, no front seats, mine. This is like, that's my seat. And I looked at him, I go, this isn't fucking your like, seat. shotgun, dude. Yeah. 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 No whammies. What was the thing? I don't yeah. remember. I was like, dude, this isn't your seat. Uh, I, you know, you don't own this seat. You're not entitled for me to drive As you anywhere. As a matter anywhere. of fact, you own nothing. You're yeah. in a homeless show. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I had to like reset that boundary and let him know, hey, man, I can drive you, but you have to start looking for other ways to, to get around. Right. And, um, you know, I used to have uh, people who were like strays that were having a hard time or like they had recently relapsed and they were living on the street. I used to let them come and sleep in my apartment and thank God I never got robbed. Um, but the I got raped. A few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you can't <laughs> rape you, the willing. Yeah. As Lisa Lampanelli says, <laughs> <laughs> um, he paid 50 bucks for it too, <laughs> but no, I would have, you know, guys stay and I would always be like, Hey, you do the dishes and we're good for the night. So they would someone do, needs to. Yeah. Yeah. So they would do my <laughs> dishes and then they'd sleep, sleep it off on the couch. And, um, and then I hit a point with a couple of these guys where I went, Oh yeah, I can't, I can't have these people, you know, sleeping in my apartment. Like eventually one of them is going to really try and take advantage of me and I'm going to wake up and all my shit's going to be gone. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so I had to set that boundary and that was tough because I really, I had it, you know, on my mother's son, I wanted to save people and I wanted to, uh, make sure people had a place to sleep and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's not my job. Yeah. These no. people live their own lives. It is tough, dude. I could tell you even to this day, two things, my dad, well, not one thing he doesn't do anymore, obviously, but this one thing my dad still does to this day is yeah. if we ever have to go somewhere mm -hmm. and you know, I live in Fairview lives in Monroe 
he whenever I don't want to drive with him somewhere, even yeah. just because it doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm like, no, it's out of the way. You would think I'm telling him like he gets upset still. He's like, You you gonna come with me on uh Yeah. And I go, No. Yeah. Like I'm absolutely Yeah, it doesn't make sense, Dad. And he's like, Well, you right. wanna come with me and I love how know. all of your boundary problems are driving associated. They are. <laughs> We had, my dad asked it once in a while. Everyone has to go pick up. I, I hate to keep shitting on my aunt here, but we have to go pick her up in Yonkers because she refuses to drive. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's like, you could have come with me to pick up Annie. I go, absolutely not. That's you. That's your sister. I'm going. I'll meet you there. Yeah. I'm going to start on the appetizers. See you at Easter. <laughs> leave me the fuck alone. The prosciutto's out. Yeah. It's mine. Gabagool. My family knows. They leave it alone. But, <laughs> but that's, you know, it still happens once in a while. But when I first, I remember... When I first got home from college, I'm talking, yeah. <laughs> everyone graduates and now everyone was at college, had their own lives. Now you're all home, right? And you're all living yeah. home and you're going out and you actually have a little bit of money and things. I was going out every weekend. Yeah. And it got to the point where my father, again, would come into my room and look at me and he'd be like, like, like a, like a husband, like a spouse. He'd be like, what are you going out again? <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah. I'm going out again. Well, you don't want to stay home and trim my toenails? He's just like, you're, and then he, one time at, at, at a holiday, he goes to the family. He goes, yeah, every time he comes home, he doesn't want to talk. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I go, do you hear yourself? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk. What do you, I talk to people an hour, one-on-one all day. Yeah, yeah. My life is small talk with training people. Leave me alone. Yeah. But he used to do that all the time. And I'd point out to him and he'd be like, who, who are you going out with? I go, take a guess. It's all the people I've known since you, got, you know their parents. Since we were 14, you know, all those guys and, and girls, it's them. And I would go, and I go, you know, you're turning into grandma, right? Yeah. And he'd be like, and he would finally go, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, and then he would that's like, so sweet, though. He would, yeah, he would start to realize it. And I'd be like, hey, dad, when you were my age, what were you doing? He was like, I was on the road in a band with my friends. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you were wearing bell bottoms, doing coke, whatever. Right. Playing the drums. And that's, well, that's really the thing about setting boundaries is it really does help the other person. Yeah. Right, you setting that boundary with your father lets him know how to be a better father. Yeah. Lets him know what is appropriate to bring up. Right, so you know, I'm sure there's times, and uh, I'm going to bring up a time where I actually crossed somebody else's boundary, and then I had to realize that it was all about ego. So I was, I was working with a guy. You can um, cross my boundary anytime. Ooh. <laughs> I was working with a guy who was trying to get sober, and um, you know, I was. I really thought that I was going to like save this guy because I was new enough and young enough that I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you talk to me. Now I'm too old. Yeah, yeah, you talk (laughs) to me and, uh, you know, I'm going to save you. You're never going to drink again. I got this. And, uh, you know, this guy was having a hard time and he started dating this girl when he had like very little time sober. He was only like, you know, 30 days in. And I took it upon myself to really like yell at this guy and be like, you're doing the wrong thing. You're fucking up this relationship is going to kill you. This girl is bad. All this stuff just like really got in his face about his situation. And the reality was, is it was all about my trauma that I hadn't like worked through yet because when I was new in recovery, there was a girl who kind of took advantage of me. So yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, I need to get involved. I need to stop this from happening to this guy. Yeah. And he ended up, you know, relapsing. And, uh, I was really sad about that, you know, because I was like, Oh wow. I really, I really imposed my will on this guy because of my own ego and of my own shit. Yeah. You know? And if I had just kind of told him what 
the best course of action was, but allowed him to have his experience, then, you know, maybe, maybe things could have gone a little bit better. Obviously I didn't put the drink in his hand. Obviously I didn't make him no. you know, get drunk, but, um, I but definitely you did beat the shot of him, yeah, which yeah. I thought was over the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, you know, there's, there's times where we feel like we just need to control people. And, um, it's it's tough to do. it's tough to do it's also tough not to do because we want people to be okay right speaking of okay that was a poor segue <laughs> ever <laughs> she's better than okay we're gonna take a quick break then we're gonna come back we're bringing on our mentor our life coach comedy legend ballroom dancing bitch queen, queen of culottes you should see this woman's front and backyard the grass is growing and that is not a sexual reference. Yes, it is her actual house. Lisa Lampanelli, right when we come back. Hello, welcome back to the Loser of the Dream podcast. We are losers, and boy, do we have some big dreams. We are back. Oh boy! And we are back with our life coach, our mentor, comedy legend, ballroom dancing bitch, my friend, Uh, (laughs) our friend, friend of the show, Lisa Lampanelli. Oh my God, you guys! No, I'm so glad this topic came up. It was really supposed to come up today. Yeah, and it is very—I'll be honest—it is very hard for me to comment. On all the stuff you just shared because I wasn't listening. <laughs> you know, I felt like I know it all. No, it was. it is hard to comment on that stuff because it's such a tough subject. People don't understand that the only way to be in relation with anyone is boundaries, whether it's a boss, an employee, a boyfriend, girlfriend, family, anyone or yeah. anything. Yep, with, with animals, you have to fucking have boundaries. I had to just throw out a carpet because I have no boundaries with my fucking dogs. They shit and piss everywhere. I'm the worst dog mom, so I have no boundaries with the dogs. So I have to get rid of a carpet. So it's best if we can have boundaries with people so we don't have to get rid of them, yeah. like the proverbial Oriental rug, which is the only way you can say Oriental anymore. By the way, the rug is the only way. Don't say it. You otherwise. come here to learn. People. Yes, see, These I know facts. it all. But it's good we tackled such a nice light topic today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, wow, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. But you do have a lot of insight about it, which I think is really great because honestly, at your age, what are you? Forty-seven. Forty-three. Yeah. And by the way, I I didn't want to fact check you when you were on your mental health check-in rant, but you said the only good thing my parents did in 25 years is give birth to me. And I'm like, but you're 28. Well, we don't need people to know that. Oh, we've said it. <laughs> oh, you're trying to go younger. Time. Don't try to go younger. Bro, Listen, you can I, barely get away with 28. I, I need to get more look followers 40. on TikTok. Oh, so, that's it's true. That's true. Yeah. But by the way, I was enthused to see most of our listeners are between the ages of 35 and 44. Yeah. Which is the sweet spot of disposable income. Yep. And see, I told you I'm a fucking millennial. So buy suck the it, merch, bitch. bitches. What merch. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I do like this topic very much. <laughs> And I like something you said off air that I think you should talk about, which is really important. You said, okay, as you know, if you've listened to last week's episode, people, Bo has a girlfriend now and an actual human one and is in love (laughs) and she's fantastic. And you said, 
I have to put up a boundary of how much I talk about this family stuff to not drive her crazy. Now, yeah. this is a preemptive boundary. So that's an advanced concept. It do, it's not even going to take her going, oh, dude, you know, I can only take an hour of this a, a day. Yeah. So you're actually thinking a few steps ahead, which is, yes, it's a little caretaky, but it's actually good because it's going to preserve that relationship and not make it just a dumping ground for all the shit the two of you go through. Yeah. So I think you do have the advanced concepts there. Absolutely. And I've also been on the receiving end of somebody that's always going through something and is yes. always texting about you about it. Right. And I just know that I don't want to be that type of partner for somebody else so i have to not do that well what's tough. great is you have a sponsor you have people in the meetings you have you could go to eight meetings a day if you wanted to you have us idiots who are so codependent that will answer and be like oh my god bo are you okay yeah like you literally have so much support that it would be putting so much undue stress on the relationship why do that in the beginning definitely yeah and, like, and you know she's really nice yeah. But I imagine she has boundaries, too, because she really works on herself. So I, what I like is that she'll probably listen to this and go, oh, no, talk to me anytime about it because she's a yeah. good person. But <laughs> ignore that <laughs> and just save it for the crisis, like the yeah. big stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because really we can only bend our friends ears for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Damn it, he's advanced. Nick, on the other hand, just plain stupid. No, Nick, what's great is you it kind of seem pretty good at like kind of going to your father, like giving it right back to him. Yeah, you know, like, no, no, I'm not driving. No, we're not going together. No, that's stupid. Yeah, I refuse to do any of that shit. It's mostly with driving, like both. Yeah, said. you do have it a driving is, uh, thing. Yeah. Like with my family, if we have to go to a restaurant somewhere, like they're like, you guys want to go together? I'm like, absolutely not. I will see you there. Right. And, and it's most of that because you don't want to be in the car with them or because... I just... I'm I'm a control... I like to be in control. Me too. Control of my commute. That's why I don't yes. take trains to the city. I drive. Me we like to drive. Yep. I like to be in and out. I don't want to wait for anything. I, think I just... I don't want to deal with it. It could also be uh, something kind of in your subconscious where you're like, oh, I want to have an escape ready. Absolutely. Oh, right? hell yeah. Even my dad is with me on that. Every holiday, my dad goes, make sure you park towards the back of the driveway. We're not blocked in. Yeah. Every yeah. year. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. It's like, a good it's power good. to have because yeah. those people can be boring. I mean, literally, those Italians, they're eating seven fishes. Yeah. They don't know what's going Dinner's on. Dinner's always late, too, with always. my family. Dinner's yeah. at 6, 7.30. We're like, hey, yeah, what's happening? They're like, let's watch a movie. It's yeah. 10 o'clock. They're like, stop. Please. Well, well, see, here's why those boundaries work. And I think here's the problem. The first step in setting a good boundary is we have to value our own opinion. Right. The problem is with people who have insecurities and people who second guess themselves is we put their opinion of us higher than we do of ourselves. Yeah. So, Nick, if you're talking about, okay, dad wants to carpool and you know it's bullshit What's your own opinion of yourself that you're listening to? My own opinion of myself? I mean, I'm just feeling like, I don't know. I'm just feeling like this is, this just, I'm looking, I'm trying to look at things practically. Right. Like I'm literally like if, if I'm, we, my dad and I are going somewhere and Monroe where he lives is on the way. Absolutely. Sure. It's not about not being in the car with my dad. Right. It's just about like. This just makes sense. Like, I'm not, don't so take it in a weird... So that's what you're saying. When you say it makes sense, you trust your own judgment to be like, this makes sense. Yeah. So 
even though that's like kind of a easy issue, even though it's crazy making and everything, if you say you have a more complicated issue, you can go, wait, there's evidence that I trusted myself on what I did with my dad with the driving. So I kind of pretty much know what I'm doing. Yeah. So if a more difficult issue comes up, like, oh, you know, Bo's father reaching out to him at like two in the morning, you can go, well, let me fact check what my own opinion is on this. And I do have evidence that my opinion is probably kind of foolproof. Yeah. yeah. You had, you, Bo, you had the good sense to stop drinking, stop doing drugs. You had the sense to go to meetings. You had the sense to not offload on your girlfriend too much. You had the sense to call a friend when you need help. And so you can go, my gut is really telling me that I'm right not to answer this phone right now at 2 a.m. Yeah. And you have to trust yourself and... It really is all based around like, if you can think like, hey, is this going to affect me in a way where I'm going to get way less out of it than I'm going to give, then it's probably not the right thing to do, right? Right. Like, it's probably not the right thing to do for me to, uh, you know, jump out of bed at 2 a.m. and rush to my parents' house to try to solve whatever's happening over there. Right. Because the reality is is I'm probably not going to get much out of it. They're probably not going to do anything. I'm probably going to, you know, have very little success. And then I'm also going to be tired for work the next day. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to put myself in a situation to have a really, really emotional response that I'm going to have to deal with for the next 48 hours because I'm sensitive. And also you're teaching them how to treat you. If you don't answer the phone, at 2 a.m. and get back to them at a human hour if you call at 9 or 10 and say, hey, man, checking in. Yeah. It's showing like, yeah, I actually value my own time. I'm a human too. Like I get to actually live my own life, not for somebody else. And yeah. I don't like the word selfish. I think selfish is fantastic. It's a highly underrated thing. I think yeah. we should all be selfish because who else really is thinking of us first? And that's not a negative thing. That's not low self-esteem. It's going... If we don't put ourselves first, Who's how gonna... am I teaching them how to treat me? Right. Yeah. And selfish in the negative term, it's not really proper there because you are taking care of yourself. It's not selfish to want to be like safe and want to be mm-hmm. like well slept and like happy <laughs> or even use good grammar yeah. like well slept. well that's not a thing well sleeped i think, uh, that I was think it. it's it's well rested but well rested? i don't know i wanted to use well sleep sleep. in there <laughs> hey we're well slept it it's good when you count sheep and you sleeping I, well, well see i have well that sheeped. boundary i can't let people get away with shitty language i know i have a mug behind us that says i'm us. silently correcting your grammar yeah. and i don't do it silently i'm like one of <laughs> my boundaries is, is you are going to learn from my advanced english degree <laughs> so there you go well rested that's my gift to you today. i appreciate that no problem but i do feel like once we go wait a minute i count just as much as these people i count more to myself then it's a little easier. And what I felt sad about today, honestly, when I got the text from you that you were going mental, I was like, oh man, this sucks. Cause it's like when somebody's really enjoying their life, yeah. it sucks to have that inform, you know, that interruption. So you have this girlfriend, you have the podcast, which has received a bump, you know, in its visibility, you have comedy going well, you talked to a booker yesterday who liked you, which I don't imagine that will happen again to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you, it's sad when that infringes on it and i get that that's life yeah it's never it never lasts good times don't last bad times don't last this too shall always pass but 
it was sad that that's like come horning in on your good time. And I still feel very positive about my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm very like right. happy about the things that are going well. I just think, you know, it's tough not to get angry or frustrated or sad when, you know, things come in and they're, they're tough, but right. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and even if it's not okay, it'll be okay. Well, too. yeah, because you know, what's, who's to say that we're the big judge and jury over who needs to be saved and who's okay. And who's lesson, who, what lesson people learn. Yeah. You know, I used to try to save a good friend of mine from her. She had a, you know, chronic pain and this and that. And I'm like, wow, all I did was delay her from working on herself and fucking with her journey. If she's supposed to have pain, she's supposed to have pain. Why am I calling? Like, I was just like you. Why am I calling my doctor and screaming, going, I need her to get a cortisone shot now. God damn it. Like, what am I fucking Shirley MacLaine in in, uh, terms of endearment? You can't just scream morphine. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in charge of that person, but your brother has not signed over those rights yet, you know, and you just have to take care of you first. Right. And, and, you know, it's okay that he hasn't really like, you know, it's, it sucks. It's painful to watch. It's painful to, you know, I've had friends relapse and, and die and, uh, you know, it, 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 it's tough, but it's like, Hey man, that's what happens. It's right. literally a disease for a reason. People are yeah. going to die from it. Yeah. You know? But here's the question, because I don't know tons about chemical dependency. Your brother's, vol- and you, when you were actively using, you're volunteering to continue drinking, right? Right. It's not, okay. yeah. So there's... it's not like, oh my God, like, I have no control whatsoever. Like, eventually you went to a meeting, so he can too, correct? Absolutely. If he chooses to stop and he chooses that he's done with the life that he's living, he can get better the same way I did, the same way I've seen other people do it. It's just really, it's a very, very hard uh, experience to have because there is the feeling that I won't live without this thing. Now, do you, who dragged you to your first meeting or did you just go? Um, I had a friend who was an ex-heroin addict who was clean a few years and he he took me to my first one and but did he like drag you kicking and screaming no. or did you go while it's time no i called him and i was like hey, okay man, I so gotta go. this is the difference right yeah because your brother's not asking to do that right and i find that just like oh boy till they're ready they're not ready and yeah. we can't do anything about it no you have and while they're not ready you have to have the boundary if he says i'm ready and i want to do work on it uh, then of course I, I'm going to be there. Of course I'm going to be uh, as passionate and as helpful a brother as I can be. Sure. But until he, you know, meets me halfway, there's nothing I can do. Would you cancel a date with your new girlfriend to take him to a meeting? Um, if he was serious and honest, then yeah. Would you abandon my dog Peggy your godchild in order to <laughs> uh, she'll live Peggy doesn't need me Peggy doesn't need shit <laughs> although I will say just off this uh, off the topic Bo did break Peggy he now she now wants attention 24 7 yeah, she's more alert because you petted her a little too much and I, I don't like it i gave her too much tlc i know and so now i'm like all right i'll sit there and i mean it's making me be more present so thank you but i have to have boundaries with her too yeah, she's yeah. not special only as she is I know. so i mean i know this subject is heavy but 
will get a little lighter in a second. But one thing, let's just figure out, because I think when you commit to it, you commit. You're really, really strong and good that way. Um, if you were to set a boundary right here on the air in front of all the world into a microphone on tape or capturing bush. this on uh, full bush <laughs> with this is the one I'm concerned about the most because it's a heartbreaking thing that your father was so scared about that. That's very sad to me. Yeah. But again, you can't fix your dad. No. You know, they know, by the way, do your parents know that there's such a thing as Al-Anon, like where they could go for help? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've so made that very clear. you've made it clear. Right. So you've done your job. So mm -hmm. what is a boundary you could put in place now with your father? Well, you, whether you tell him or not, like boundaries, often people think we like, oh yeah, you Nick, don't have to call by the way, and... Nick doesn't have to tell us, don't text me after 10 at night yeah. because we know he's, you know, has to turn off his phone at 10 to train every gay guy in Fairfield County <laughs> who wants to get in his pants and will be truly disappointed because Nick's disappointing in the sack. Yeah. yeah. So he does sleep very early. He and does. It bothers me. It doesn't bother I me. I wake up at five. Yeah. He actually has a job. <laughs> yeah. So every but, day, but, but we, so Nick didn't have to say, Hey man, don't text me. He just turns off the phone. But if we were to call his, like if he had a landline or something, that'd be a dick move of us to break that boundary. Cause he does actually have to work. I just wake yeah. up to 27 different texts and they're all insulting <laughs> by the, end because yeah, we're so end. mad at you for yeah. not being awake yeah. like us. Nick sucks because they know I'm not going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's yeah. gay again. Yeah, Nick sucks dude. I'm like, get a cock in your mouth again. Okay. So anyway um, what's a boundary you can even not tell your dad and just feel firm enough in but that's not too strong for you that's overpowering where you're going to be white knuckling it. What can you sort of commit to with your dad today? Um, well, I kind of committed today to myself that, um, I wasn't going to, cause I'm still going to talk to him of because course. I think it's very important that I stay on the line for him, but I am not going to talk about my brother's problem. I'm only going to talk about what's, what he's doing to continue to make it his problem. So what you're, what, so you're going to talk your father off his own. Yeah, I'm going to find his own problem. When he calls, my focus is on him and his recovery from this situation, not how he can help Peter. Okay. So is that why does that feel better? Um, because I feel like I was enabling his feeling that he could save my brother, mm -hmm. and um, I think that it's more important that he understand his part um in the situation and how he's causing harm than it is for him to try and come up with a new way to get this right. kid to stop using drugs well what i love too is that this feels like a good boundary for you now what people don't get is if you make a boundary it doesn't mean that you can't change it right and you know then you know if you've spoken it hey i can only hear about your recovery you can Obviously, tomorrow, later today, next month, be like, Dad, we've talked about this for a month. Now we're not going to talk about this anymore with your issue. So in other words, everyone out there, you got to know you can change your boundary. You don't have to stick with it. Oh, I made that declaration last month. I can never take this phone call again. So you're not stuck with it. You can really reassess, trust your own judgment and opinion of yourself, and then shift it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's always especially with personal relationships that are as deep as like a father son or a mother son. It's like 
it's always going to be changing. The fences are always moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, it's not static. So you have to stay on your toes and be aware of how you're being hurt in that relationship because they know since they programmed a lot of these buttons, yep. as people say, yep. they true. know how to push them. Yeah. So they're going to figure out their way to kind of get you uneasy and get you to overcommit to something that you don't feel comfortable with. And you have to be on the other side going, no, I, I'm going to take care of myself right now. Right. So you, do, do you find yourself compulsively checking the phone Yeah. since this stuff has happened? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm definitely compulsively checking the phone because, well, because a few, a few different people that are uh, in my life that I'm worried about, actually. So it's not even just him. But, right. uh, yeah, I, I've always been like that, though. Like, I, I noticed in the past few weeks the amount of screen time that mm-hmm. I have has gone up an hour. Has gone up wow. an hour and a half. So I go, oh, what does that mean? That means I'm a little bit more nervous. I'm a little bit more attentive. I'm a little bit more, you know, uh, uncomfortable, you know, because when life is good, you're not checking the phone all the time. I know, you're, you're present. You know, yeah. Well, worry is really just love. The problem is it's love kind of coming out sideways and it's coming in on yourself. It's just hurting you. Yeah. You know, so if you can. When you do start worrying about these people, just go, okay, like talk yourself down a little and go, okay, it's just because I love them. They're great people, but I can't control them. Maybe it's a good way to like kind of remove a little of that worry because when's the last time worry did any good anyway? No, it's never, I've never saved somebody by laying in bed up late. Right. So, (laughs) right. um, But there you do. And this is something that happens with family members. You do feel this level of guilt for not worrying. Or if we're not uh, constantly thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And I haven't dealt with a lot of death, but I remember like feeling like I had to honor somebody who died by crying an exorbitant amount. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to. Like no. they, I did, they didn't, ha- I didn't have to cry all day for that person. But I felt like they, their life deserved my tears, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I like up my grieving process to accurately like honor them which was weird was this before you got sober no so tell me this how did you because i'm just curious how did you get yourself to cry did you just watch a whole bunch of like movies and listen to sad songs like how did you get yourself there well i'm always about two seconds away from tears oh goody we're gonna have fun tonight (laughs) yeah so i mean you know but thinking about her when she passed this was a friend of mine's mother who was like my second mother Mm -hmm. um i remember when she passed that day like really forcing myself to think about her and to think about like her effect on me and to think about her effect on you know my friend who was her mother and and uh and i'm like damn you know uh like I, I'm really like ruminating in this person's life mm. and it's not for me. It's for them for some reason. Yeah. Right. Right. So you saw that wasn't really the way to go. No, it, I mean, you know, we all grieve differently, but you know, I don't, I don't think that it did any good for me to be yeah. laying in bed crying. I probably could have, you know, which I did. I went and got food for the family and stuff like that. But like, right. I probably could have focused my efforts a little bit more on like, you know, what does my friend need who just lost his mother? What is, right, right. you know, what does what uh, her spouse need? You know, what what is. Right. Making them more like productive and service oriented versus, oh my God, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And of course, have your moment to cry. Yeah. Right? Or whatever moments, you yeah. know, throughout whatever, how many years it takes. And yeah. it's going to take years sometimes. But, it did. you know, also 
the le- one last question about this. The least problematic member of your family has become a little problematic. Yeah. So your sister, who is really cool, and you, really I think cool you chick. have the least problem with her. Uh, yeah, I fear for her the least, definitely. Right. So the little fears, without going into detail, little fears come up for her right now. What boundary can you set with yourself when it comes to her? Well, I think... I think I'm I, I'm not going to be the one to try and fix her problems. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think I, I think it's I don't think it's my job to bring up anything that I see as like a red flag. Mm-hmm. I think it's really my job to hear her out what she's going through and give her a little bit of advice and be the brother. Mm-hmm. But I'm not here to shame the way she's living or shame any decision she's trying to make mm-hmm. because you know at the end of the day she's a 22 year old girl i know so i know you know she's gonna oh. she's gonna make decisions she's gonna live a right. life so that boundary will help you and her because you're not going to be the brother she's afraid to call yeah. if something actually goes down by the way i'm so worried uh, boundaries are i think i've gotten a good handle on them with friends and family at this point i mean it's tough but i'm getting better at I can't imagine what it's like with a, a an actual child. Oh my god, yeah. that's why I felt so sad today about your dad yeah. last night because I'm like, oh, you yeah. know, Ugh, just thinking about. We're all lucky we didn't procreate. I suggest <laughs> voluntary sterilization in both your. I got a vasectomy cases. yesterday. Oh, good. I'm good to go because Bo had that positive pregnancy result. Yes, and <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> Maury show. Oh my god. Well, this has been heavy as fuck. It has, yeah. Just like, yeah. But I think that's okay. We can have one of these every now and then. Yes, because you know what? I have a gift. I always listen to laugh every now and again. <laughs> so I think that's so let's ask one lighthearted a lo- one lighthearted question. I have a, a lovely quiz about oh. your personal boundaries. I don't know. We're just we need couple. to set a boundary with her about quizzes, quizzes dude. <laughs> okay. Fucking school's over, okay. okay? Okay, these are such light, light issues. Uh, What's so uh, funny is like, these are the things people actually worry about with boundaries, which is so funny because most people's lives aren't this heavy. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, that's fine. But let's take some lighthearted examples okay. and give people what they should do your best advice so i'm going to give this to nick because he does seem to have a very um a good work personality like you have a good sort of rapport with the people you work with you have boundaries with your clients who try to cornhole you i think (laughs) you might be the person so a co-worker constantly barges into your office and overstays her Welcome. Now, she's not hot, so let's take that out of the equation. I know. I know you're going to be like, well, is she a 10? I'm like, I don't know. What's his claims deal? Yeah, I know. So what would you do? I'm not even going to give you choices. Oh, I thought there was... No, I'm not even... I was waiting for multiple choices. What do you think the way to handle that would be? She constantly comes in. She's always bending your ear. She's overstaying her welcome. What do you do? I would tell it truthfully. Don't act like you're like know this shit already. And like, no, I do it perfectly. Because personally, me, what I do is just be rude and go, I gotta go. <laughs> like I'm just mean. Get out. I there's, go, there's yeah, definitely... yeah, no, like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I know that's wrong. No, there's, there's a way to do it. There's yeah. one woman actually who I work with who in the beginning was always when you first start as a trainer, it's not easy. You do not mm-hmm. come in with a salary. You have to grind a little bit. You have to try to find clients. Blah blah blah. And she was just complaining a lot. Right. And asking a lot of questions about, 
Equinox stuff and the app and all these things that I'm not a manager. I am one of the senior trainers. I am the more experienced one in the building, Quit but I'm not bragging. the manager. <laughs> Go to the manager. So I usually am just short with them and give them pretty blunt and direct So suppose I'm answers. the coworker. Let's do it. Oh, Hi, no. Nick. How you doing? Hi. Um. Oh, it's so hard. The application is hard. Or do you kids call it the app? What should I do? What do you think <laughs> I should do, Nick? She talked to our manager, Katrina, about that. But I don't want to. She's like really mean to me. No, she's cool. You just she gotta... mean to me, Nick. She's fine. You'll figure it out. I struggled with it, too. I got to go work don't out. don't I remind you of your dead mother and you want to be nice to Mom? me? <laughs> like, there's always those bitches who have to push back. You yeah, know, you yeah. got to get sucked into another conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, good. You just got to, like, have an escape route. Because, honestly, they'll just keep sucking Dude, you the dry. one, the one thing that happened to me that I was, I was already in a bad mood and I was in the <laughs> middle of a workout and I had my headphones in. And she came up to me, like, scared me a little bit first. And I took my... Wait a minute. Mom? We're all going to die. <laughs> Did everybody hear? Like, there's a plane taking She's off here. above our heads. Oh, my God. I missed you. I um, have boundaries about these planes. No. So I take airport. my... And she comes up to me. She gets close to me and scares the shit out of me. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And I take my thing out. And she's like, for your comedy skit, couldn't you just, like, look around and look at this place? How ridiculous. <laughs> and I go... Yeah, totally. No, I could. I could. Yeah. And then I just put my shit back in and just kept what I was doing. I was like, my, I was like, oh my god. Headphones are really a great, great thing for boundaries. those earbuds. So it's a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I try to like the red. So I let them know. Well, when I was flying <laughs> back, stop. Well, when I was flying back from LA, when I was appearing on all those real podcasts, as I told you last week. <laughs> Have you seen our set? Um, We're yeah. on our way. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're Martha Stewart. I built that. They literally, there was a woman who sat next to me. I always buy two seats when there's no first class on a plane because I like to stretch out. It's like a holdover from the fame days and also the fat days because we're fat. <laughs> When you're fat and there's no first class, you're like squeezed in. It's horrible. So um, this woman sits, you know, in the the empty seat in the middle. And she sits. She goes, oh, I guess I wonder when that person's coming. And I just look at her and I go, I bought two. And I always, by the way, want somebody to say to me why they haven't yet. And I always want to go, because I'm rich. And then put headphones <laughs> yeah. in. I just always think that would be really a fun thing to do. But so she starts yapping away. Yeah, yeah. And I just literally, it was like, Bo, yap like a big yant on a plane and I'll be me. So when do you think we're taking off? I feel like it's like really, I don't know. Like, like do you know the pilot? I don't know the pilot. I'm really scared. What? what? Headphones in, watching JetBlue. TV literally just glanced I just stared at her for a minute kindly looked away because what am I going to say suppose I say oh I'm really trying to listen to something like it's so codependent to like explain to that person why I'm doing it I could tell she was having flight anxiety not my problem not here to caretake you yeah by the way if she had food and wanted to share with me, then we could talk. Right. Because on JetBlue or any airline, you can take your mask off if you're eating. So basically, if I was eating constantly and she was helping me keep my mask off, then I would fucking talk to her. But it wasn't working out for her. Listeners, so I had to ignore it. If you want to know how to get to Lisa Lampanelli's heart, 
It's a little bit of trail mix. Exactly. I mean, she had a big bag of Doritos. No Not sharing? one was Ugh. supposed to come my way. Well, here's what I say. Then listen to your own goddamn conversation, bitch, because LL's got some shows to watch, and they're all depressing. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, why did I choose to watch The Father about someone dying of Alzheimer's on a plane? Just kill me. Watch a plane crash fucking did movie Did you cry instead. in front of this, Yenta? No, I because I fell asleep, yeah, and I watched it when I got to my hotel and I cried silently. <laughs> All right, one last question. One last question. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is good. Um, all right. When you meet someone for the first time, would you touch them casually a few times on the back or the shoulder? No, absolutely not. See, because as this is this recent, is this a Me Too phenomenon update, or were you That's just never, never crossing never, boundaries that never. way? Yeah, now, Nick, once I get to know him, <laughs> yeah, once I get to know him, it's all show it's all them over. how handsy you are I'm, with oh, Bo. Okay. I mean, you have tongue kissed him, <laughs> <laughs> or at least attempted to, but he always does. Yeah, but bitch a out. new, brand new person absolutely not yeah that's my friends and then people i've known for a while yeah so it's all better. So that has like nothing to do with me too that's just like creepy like so yeah, if you meet someone go hey man how you doing like that nah. kind of stuff it is weird yeah so unless it's a glory have, hole that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys do it's exhibit etiquette. physical boundaries which is very good yeah. i had you know the greenskeeper guy came today <laughs> And I must I knew this tell- was something about her personal well, life. <laughs> fucking lawn. You know, it's coming in good. The guy's aerated it and seated it. And I went behind Greenskeeper's back and I had somebody else do it because they happened to be next door. I say, hey, you want to come over here? And they said, sure. Well, these Greenskeepers come out and they're like, oh, we're going to aerate and seed. And I go, the guy just did it the other day. And he goes, oh, we'll have this thing looking like a golf course. And I was like, P.S. You won't. Yeah, hun. Also, P.S. S. 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 Fucking S. No, you won't, because it'll be eight times the fucking money, because you got a name. So <laughs> he goes, "Hey, by the way," and takes his work glove off. He goes, "I'm so and so." I go, "What should I do?" Yeah. We're in a pandemic yet. Eh, I've done worse. I wanted a bitch to share her nachos on the plane with me. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm shaking hands. So I did shake hands with him, but I thought that was a little weird too. Yeah. So I think you guys have it right. You don't force your hand, your finger, or any other I, appendage onto a person. I just assume that nobody wants to touch me. You could assume that yes. rightfully. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Although you AA people are big fucking huggers. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, we love to hug. That's sort of why I wonder if those meetings are full of people who just want to touch others. Yeah. Thoughts. Well. <laughs> and also, can I come to one with you? Yes, I think yeah, that when is they, when we had some of the AA people come to our show, like they all gave hugs at the end and they were like, good job. It was so oh, your yeah, show. Yeah, and yeah. I was oh, like, they love oh. a hug. All right, cool. I don't mind a hug <laughs> if it's organic. Like if, right. it, but, if it's locally grown. Yeah. <laughs> no GMOs. <laughs> Gay men only. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I don't mind a hug if it just ca- happens to occur. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what else I don't like as a boundary sometimes is I used to always, when I hung up with everybody who's a good friend, I'd say, love ya. Yeah. And maybe they'd be uncomfortable. So I held back on the love ya. I like the love ya. No, no, I know you're good with it. Yeah. I do a little love ya sometimes with Nick if he's not being all Italian. Yeah, it's tough. But you have to pick and choose. So that's my thing where I'm like, I sense they're not telling me they don't like it, some friends. Because I sense attention. 
I said, let me stop this. So it's much how you're stopping yourself from rambling on about your issues with your girlfriend. We're kind of sort of protecting them from our sort of forcefulness. Right. And, you know, I say love you with everybody. And oh, I've thanks. had to be. I guess we're special. I do. I oh, okay. fucking hate you right Sorry. now. Sorry. Sorry. Really, I was going to say with the new brown eyed girl, <laughs> I've had to be. Oh, yes, you can't I, say you it. You can't say love you. So you go, you go by and go, I, I, the other day I go, you're the best. Good job, dude. Take three minutes and we're going to brainstorm what you can say instead because well, that's terrible. You're was, the best. I, go, hey, you're I have the a best. question. I have a question. <laughs> quick question after this. I hate it. Wait, what would I like if I was a girl? Let's try some different things. Nick, what would you do? Well, I'm just this, so you this happened to me. Yeah. This happened to me recently. It's like uh, I was texting with a girl and I said like she's like they she asked me like how something went that I was doing yeah. I was like really good man really and I texted Ooh. man and I was she's like she keeps using man and I'm like no I don't mean it like that or I'm like right. or I'm like you know what I mean or like or yeah, I'll just be I, like I like, slip and use like, man dude sometimes. so and you're talking to a girl I but know. like you don't mean I feel like dude has made it into the lexicon appropriate I'm yeah. supposed to just give you the gender. word that you were looking lexicon? for lexicon I know it's made it into the lexicon I want to drive a zeitgeist <laughs> <laughs> no kind of like no <laughs> but then there was all this objection last week to someone calling people guy in the class it's like oh come <sighs> on but anyway that being put aside find something else Bo yeah you're it's the best not, was, uh, that's fucking terrible she's saying you're the best Around. <laughs> don't either one of you sing again that is terrible we are gonna have to work on that yeah I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll think of it at the you know what i have to start editing out but it's too late i'm 60 i've been in the habit for 30 years ever since i watched mob movies i always loved because i always fancy myself a bit of mom of a mobster i always loved the go god bless like that right <laughs> I yeah. cannot get out of the habit. Every the, the greenskeeper guys today. I was like, "Hey man, good to meet you. God bless." And I meant it soprano-y, and they're like, "God bless you too." Oh, so I'm boy. afraid it's not their fault. I'm afraid people are going to think I'm really a Jesus freak when I'm not. So <laughs> I got to get a stu- rosary for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> let's. So you see my nun doll in the back. That was my mother's dream for me to become a nun. So maybe that's my. <laughs> Could not have gone more. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think this is That's why. your mom Yeah. I mean, all of us. She's Every... watching the HBO special like, this didn't work out. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that is the wall over there of broken dreams. We'll give you a Patreon tour of the studio at some point. Um, that's a wall of all my broken dreams. But literally, um, I'm going to work on not saying love or, or God bless. Because even though I know I mean it's soprano-y, this, these clams don't know. Right. Sembo, you have to think of something better for the girlfriend. Yeah. I, Maybe I, ask her advice. Say, you know, I know it's too early to say I love you because that's insane. What do you think? How should we sign off? And maybe say, you find a cute little sign off. Yeah. You should say, I like, like you. That's. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Girls I, like it. I, like I was a girl once. Do you like me? Or do you like, like me? Oh, my God. Would we in eighth grade? Oh, no, it's cute. <laughs> we have an eighth grade reading level. I think <laughs> that is absolutely true. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. I want to say. Hungry, guys. I'm fucking starving. I want to say one thing. Guys. I love us. That is our motto. Love each other or don't. Don't me to anyone. And definitely don't say all the best or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Two girlfriends. God bless. God bless. God bless. We'll see you next week. Later, clams.
Hey, thanks for listening to Losers with a Dream. We'll see you next week when you got more time to kill. Fucking hate these guys.